Hi, it's Chris Watkin. Today I'm joined by Sylvia El Dawi, who is a Dubai estate agency guru and podcaster. She's an ex-estate agent from London and she moved over there about ooh, how long six ago? Six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. Wow. So you're back in the UK for Christmas. Yes. And, uh, today... and I couldn't wait to get on the Watkins sofa. <laughs> Bless you. I want to talk to you about the differences between UK and Dubai estate agency. Yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> There's a lot of differences that I was not expecting. Um, I thought that the, you know, there's a lot of Brits over in Dubai. Yeah. Um, in a state agency. So I was expecting it to just be the same, but in the sun. I just started getting depressed in, in, in London. Okay, because you were a lettings director for Lauriston's. Lauriston's, just, yeah. What, is that before they got bought out by LSL? Uh, no, no, that was after that was LSL. After. And um, you used to be Northfields, didn't you? And with then Richard I used Palfelman. to be Northfields, that's right, oh, with yeah. Richard, good old Richard. I was there for 10 years, actually. But to me, it was a case of, I, I, where can I go from here? I'm, I've reached the top of my game. The next step is own my own agency or go somewhere else. So I, you know, I became lettings director in 20, no, 2007. How old were you then? And I was, oh gosh, let me do the backwards math, 28. It's not bad. Um, and I think I was the youngest female director in agency at the time. And, and that was the good old days. We used to win lots of Sunday Times, Daily Mail um, uh, awards. And yeah, so I was quite used to stepping up on stage and collecting our um, awards. We won awards for social media at the time, uh, best marketing, agency of the year. So yeah, I've, I've got- But you fancied a change. But I fancied a change. I was just, the, the, I, I think I started suffering from, what's that thing? Disorder, uh, weather disorder, when it's dark. Sad, I think it is, seasonal That's affective it, disorder. That's it, seasonal affective disorder. So I was every, November and December and January, February, I'd be miserable. But it's quite brave to move out to a different country. Yeah, I, um, I'd been a couple of times, I've got family out there, so I'd go quite often for holidays, for the Grand Prix, for weddings, um, and each time I'd go, I'd always say, I can see myself living here. Yeah, but we all love going on holiday to Italy, but we mm. don't move there, do yes. we? But you said, let's go for it. So let's get back to the original question. What Fundamentally, what are the big differences. Okay, so the big differences is the, first of all, the way they're remunerated. So in uh, Dubai, they don't get paid basic salaries. They just get paid commission only. So it's kind of similar to the self-employed model that's emerging here. As a result, there's so many behaviors that follow through this, um, you know, self-employed. Okay, uh, good or bad behaviors? <laughs> A lot of bad, but some very good. Let's do the good ones first. Okay, so the good behaviours are, I would have to say, if we're going to compare apples to apples, the top agents in Dubai would run circles around the top agents in the UK. Okay. And I think UK is, is kind of where agents will learn their craft and then they'll go to Dubai and really refine it, really nail it down. So let me give you some examples. I think in, in Dubai, they're very much, UK loves a good brand. So I find that UK agencies are all about the agency mm -hmm. brand and, you know, to the, to the detriment or to the negligence of 
personal brands. So that's something that I really see happening, emerging in, in Dubai, is that kind of personal brand in real estate agencies. Are they attached to like a brokerage model like, yes. a, like a Keller Williams or a Remax or something like that? We have um, Keller Williams, um, Remax and EXP Realty in Dubai. So we have that model where it's you have to pay a desk fee and you get higher commissions and so on. But the typical brokerage in Dubai will just, no salary, just 50% commission, 50 and, to 60% and the, commission. And not and names that we wouldn't recognise in the UK. Names that you wouldn't recognise. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple. That, there's, okay, so know. that's the top. That so the top agents would run ring around by the top agents in the UK. Mm. But you could almost say that there's not many top agents in the UK, and that's not being detrimental. Mm. What about the bulk then? The, you know, the core average estate agents. Okay, so they are. There's a lot of them. There's a really low barrier to entry. So there is in the UK, you know. Um, and I think it's harder to be a, a real estate agent in the UK than it is there. There it's very easy, you just have to kind of have the desire to become a real estate agent, get someone to hire you, which in, at the moment, every real estate company is on a constant hiring spree in Dubai. Okay, but you could say the same about the UK, that as long as you've got a little bit of um, grey matter between your eyes, you'll be a decent agent. Not really. The decision, you know, the decision making process in the UK is different because you're you have to commit to paying this person a basic salary, and I'm going to have to justify to the managing director why I've hired this person. There it goes. Where you don't have a basic salary, it's kind of like, hey, it's open for all. You know, you're half decent. Come on in. Are there any qualifications or regulations to be a? Uh, you do have to. Um, you do have to sit an exam. It is quite simple. Um, not what? much studying required. It's What's it kind of like a back, filling in the back of a of a cereal packet? Please let Johnny be an estate agent. Is it that bad? Something like that. But yeah. it's more than more but than the UK. Actually, I mean, the, the the hardest part about it is sometimes the it, the question will trip you up because it's translated from Arabic and the translation the English translation is not great. Um, so the question is more likely to trip you up than the actual theory behind it. And what we have in Dubai as well is a lot of international agents whose English isn't their first language. So um, they have now started doing the um, translating the exam into Russian because there's a lot of Russian agents, Indian, Pakistan and European. So it's uh, but it's it's relatively simple to pass. And is it just in the UK, there's just sellers agents. Are there buyers agents in, in Dubai? So it's we don't have that principle of I work for the buyer or I only work for the seller, but each agent will kind of define where they end up. So there are buyers and sellers. You, I'm assuming you can't work for both. You can, you can. So it happens you work for both. Um, ideally, you want to work for both. I was about both. to say, where's the con there's a conflict of interest there, isn't there? Right. So here's, here's the issue. We've got, and I do, I do see it in the US where they've kind of got it nailed. You've got your buyer's agent, you've got your seller's agent. In Dubai, you've got two camps rather than buyer's agent and seller's agent you've got the off-plan agent which is um you know under development and you've got the secondary market which is ready listings so you have to decide whether you're going to be rather than decide if you're going to be a buyer's agent or a seller's agent the decision is am i going to do off-plan am i going to do ready sales or like um, the uk new homes versus new homes that's versus i forgot the word for it no, you're right um so that is the kind of decision that needs to be made and why there because 
if you're if you're going to do second they know that if i'm going to do secondary it's a lot of cold calling it's a lot of relationship building it's a lot of you know sourcing listings and there's a lot of competition okay. but off plan there's an abundance of um of new homes in dubai okay. and is it sole agency or multi-agency multi-agency most of the time the developers will list with every single real estate company so they have grand launches every couple of weeks um and then all the agents across the buyer will turn up, you know, sometimes with their checks ready to pay a deposit for, um, you know, and new homes properties are selling out within hours. So it's very, very competitive in both, both secondary and off plan. But off plan, of course, you don't really, you don't need to have a car. You don't even need to really look the part because most of the work is going to be done by phone or electronically. You very rarely get to actually meet your clients. Um, but the secondary market is where you get to, you know, you've got listings, you've got... A bit more traditional estate. Yeah. Are they still multi or sole agency? Uh, they, they push for sole agency, but there is a limit okay. up to three agents per, um, per listing. And what the sort of fees that are involved with selling these houses? So and now here's where it differs as well. The buyer pays in um, the UAE, not the seller. They are pushing, sellers should be paying 2%, but when everyone is now saying, I'll do it for 0%, sellers have got quite used to not having to pay. Um, so the buyers pay 2% commission, and that's just the way it's always been. Tr if, you're, if you're a good agent, you can get 2% from the seller and 2% from the buyer. But typically, you're getting 2%. So really, it doesn't really matter whether you're a buyer, seller, buyer's agent or seller's agent. It's the buyer that pays the fee. The buyer pays the fee. However, with off-plan and, and um, the, the new homes, uh, it's the developer that pays the fee. And sometimes they pay up to 6 7%. So that's why a lot of people are kind of leaning towards going into off-plan. Um, it's a lot more fruitful but... okay so what's the biggest challenge the biggest i mean the biggest challenge in the uk at the moment is getting decent listings and then selling them what's the issue in dubai as you can imagine the complete opposite getting buyers qualified buyers so um at the moment there's a lot of you know if you you open up any social media app there's a a, a an advert for a lead generation company. You know, we'll send you, they're doing their social media campaigns, they're doing whatever targeted campaigns to get international buyers. So that's, and that's the way, that's where agents are having to focus their attention is being a lead magnet using their personal branding to get buyers in Correct. for them to buy the things. Yeah, so for, for <clears throat> off plan, the companies are spending hundreds of thousands per month dirhams so divided by five let's just say up to a hundred thousand pounds a month on lead generation and that could cover a hundred leads and, and would you say most international buyers buy brand new or second hand they buy uh, off plan if you're going to move up you you you, you probably go buy a second hand one well they, they <clears throat> There's a lot of flipping that goes on before it's actually completed. So that's one one method of um, of doing it. But then you've got the handover that they typically move into uh, becoming landlords and just have a portfolio of property. If it's a very cutthroat thing, I'm assuming that, that some agents in Dubai might be a bit more cutthroat and cut corners when it comes to their way they work. Yeah. So one thing that doesn't happen a lot is... Um, because in some cases they are only going to get the buyer's commission, 
there's a reluctance to work with other agents. So split commission or what they call it in, on selling on selling sunset, they call it double ending it where you get seller's commission and buyer's commission. There's a, you know, you, you have to call probably 20 agents before you find one that's ready to split their commission with you or split the buyer's commission with you. Typically, they prefer to just wait and find their own um, hundred percent lead, basically. Okay, and that that's detrimental to the market. Does that hold thing back? It does because they're not, you know, buyers are not being shown all the available options because it doesn't suit okay. the Indeed. pocket of the agent. Final question: What's the one thing that Dubai agents could learn from British agents and? The other question is, what could British agents learn best from Dubai agents? Fantastic question. So one thing that British agents can learn from Dubai agents is the mode of communication. This is something that I had to kind of come to terms with as soon as I moved over to Dubai. And it's, it's a very small thing, but it's actually the main way to communicate in, in Dubai is via WhatsApp. Now here, I came from the UK and WhatsApp is kind of my personal space. You know, if you're gonna communicate business with me, do it by email. So when I got there and everything was done on WhatsApp, 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 I was like, no, 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 send it to me by email. I had to get into the swing of it and eventually I've started doing everything on WhatsApp. Um, and I think it's when I'm now dealing with agents in the UK for my properties here, I, I don't even check my emails as often as I used to before. So I think I'd love for UK agents to start asking, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Because some people actually prefer just call me. I'm with you. Some you. people might want a WhatsApp. And then what could the Dubai agents learn from British agents? There's one thing that I've noticed amongst Dubai agents is there is, because it is quite cutthroat, there is a lot of secrecy and mistrust and not really working with each other or, you know, once you've got a client, you hold on to them with all your might. There's no, you know, there's no sharing of knowledge or information. So every nobody ends up learning from each other. And back to the remuneration, because of how agents are paid, some in most cases, actually, is better you're better off being an agent than ever being a manager so as a result there's a real shortage of quality sales managers and this is who you learn from you know we had our time in agency we learned from our colleagues we learned from our managers area managers but there's no hierarchy there it's kind of agency owner agents and actually it's not even a hierarchy they see each other as partners so, you know, we're splitting a commission, you're giving me a visa, you're giving me support, you know, the administrative support, and I'm bringing the money, I'm paying the bills. So it's very much a partnership rather than an employee-employer relationship. Sylvia, thank you for your time today. You're welcome.